Welcome to Behind the Register, where we talk one-on-one with other business owners in downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia. Find out who's behind the register and discover what's in store for you. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Behind the Register. Uh, This episode, we'll be talking with April Peterson of River Rock Outfitters. Uh, It's really exciting to speak with her. I think so much has gone on in terms of COVID and how people have changed their habits with going outdoors. And uh, they have actually moved to a new location as well. So lots to catch up on. And thank you for joining us for another episode and we hope you like what you're hearing and please go out support these businesses during small business Saturdays and the holidays as well Um, and give us some feedback and put some comments or share Uh, we hope you get a little bit of nuggets to that and thanks for supporting and watching this episode was brought to you by skin touch therapy spa we are a boutique spa offering massage, skincare, and natural nail services. Located in the heart of downtown Fredericksburg and Culpeper, Virginia, schedule online or purchase a gift certificate for someone to enjoy. Spa local. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Behind the Register. So we have with us April Peterson of River Rock Outfitters. (laughs) Hi. Hey. Thank you for joining me today. Um, I know we see each other a lot and we chat, but it's kind of nice to do this so that other people are in the conversation with us too. I totally agree. And I've never been interviewed by another business owner. So I'm super excited to, to talk to you about what's up. I think it's so fun. And I've been so inspired by, we've done a couple of these and I always come out of it being so kind of happy and inspired. And it's just nice to reconnect, especially in these times where, you know, we're not connecting socially too much that much anyways. But uh, so I think this is kind of nice and it's like a new format. So I always appreciate it. Um, talk about moving your store because you moved and that was before COVID, correct? We did. So we moved last November and it's so funny because, um, you know, that decision was a tough one. We knew that we needed to be in a place where we had better foot traffic, but finding the right place. I, I talked to you a ton about it, um, where to move. And, you know, we were really, we passed our five year mark and we were really in that position where we were trying to figure out what does growth mean for River Rock? Does it mean we open another store? Does it mean that we get into e-commerce? Does it mean that we buy our own building? Like we were really at that kind of next sort of fun place where we had to make that decision. And one of the things I think we realized was in order to really make River Rock thrive, which is um, my heart and soul is is in, in this shop, was really to just move us. And this space opened up and it's uh, on William Street, right next to Hyperion. It's on a really busy intersection. And really more importantly, the landlord is just amazing. And so that landlord saw the vision that we had and was willing to help uh, make the space work for us. So we laughed because we were so excited for 2020. It was like 2020 was gonna be our year. Like we were in a new space, like new River Rock, all these new activities. Um, and it was going to be just, you know, again, it was going to be our year. And then we all know what happened. (laughs) We do know what happened, but I'm actually interested because it might be your year, right? When we talk about that a little bit, right? 
So you opened in November. Did you have great holiday sales? Did you feel like your location made the difference for that fourth quarter last year? Brian, it, like, it was so hard to set the goal because we were we didn't know what it was going to mean. We didn't have a lot of, lot of time to prep and market the move. We had 60% growth in December. Wow. I mean, that's a number that... I can't even understand. Um, we certainly didn't buy enough inventory for that type of goal. Um, it was just, it was wild. And I think that's why we went into 2020 with so much energy and excitement that the move really paid off. Um, the, the piece that we knew we could expand on, we knew if we could just get people in River Rock, we could see this new growth happen for us. And being in a space where people walk by so freely um, as they do on William Street. We, we knew that we would come with growth, but we weren't thinking 60% growth for sure. Wow, that is amazing. And, I, and you did touch upon this before. It really is when you're finding, it is about location, but really when you're finding a location, you're partnering with a landlord and they're really your partners in this. They have to believe in you as a business and want you to succeed as well too. And then the formula is really kind of set a little bit there for that too. That's exactly right. And when we opened in 2014, you know, neither Keith nor I had ever worked retail in our entire lives. I mean, it was just really dumb in so many ways, like um, what we were doing and, and kind of the process that we took and how we learned to actually be business owners. So all those things about building partnerships and um, having that that right team around you, we didn't understand that in 2014. It's not really your fault. I, I don't think you should fault yourself because it takes time to cultivate who those trusted people are in your team and who become part of, of your team and like move forward. Even finding, you know, right graphic designers, right? You know, like those are the people that then you're like, oh, I rely on or like, you know, or interior designers or social media person. You're all, like, you know, in the beginning, you don't really have that. You just have yourself a little bit. Uh, and then after a bit, you get your formula down and you get who you're really working with and that then it grows and then then you're your own kind of entity a little bit too, right? That's exactly right. And I think that's why collaboration, like I tell businesses all the time, like don't be an island unto yourself. You've got to collaborate because very early on, you know, I would ask you or I would ask any of my other friends, you know, business friends downtown, what are you doing? How are you doing that? What service are you using? Who do you trust? And you just got to ask questions of those people who are willing to share their best practices with you so that you learn and kind of expand and grow. And I would, I think that, you know, the, our ability to ask for help in this community of business owners in downtown Fredericksburg who were willing to collaborate, it's just a special thing I think we have downtown. I think so too, because I, you know, I go to other main streets, right? I, you know, now we're growing in Culpeper and I never really realized, but really Fredericksburg is very special in terms of the support that, other business owners give to each other not only that just the local community that is supportive of business and we can talk about that more because when COVID hits that's what you really need you know mm -hmm. the support of each other and and, and the clientele um, to really kind of pull us through it to, to kind of get through it a little bit but so you talked about opening up in 2014 let's go back there too because 
how did you, you know, not having done retail, how were you like, oh, let's do an outfitter <laughs> store? I mean, the, the infrastructure is here, we have a river, right? But do you, did you ever wonder like, why wasn't there a business here? Why wasn't there an outfitters? Or was there one and then they went out and then there was an opportunity for you? Like, what was the, the landscape of that? that that made you do the jump so then you could you can get in there. Yeah, so um, there was an outfitter. Uh, it they closed down about 10 years before we had opened and everybody knew them. Um, they were a real community staple. And then once some of the big box stores like Gander and Dick's moved in, it shut them down. And it kind of went through that period where people were shopping more big box. It was kind of going to e-commerce. It was that struggle period. So nobody kind of moved into the space and Fredericksburg's an interesting town because what we didn't realize at the time when we opened was even though we're a great outdoor destination, Fredericksburg didn't know that about themselves. So there wasn't this outdoor culture. And we realized really early on that not only did we have to figure out how to run a business, but we had to figure out how to build an outdoor culture so that people wanted to come and hang out at their local outfitter, um, you know, buy buy the clothes and look the part and get out and enjoy the trails and the river and all of that. So it was such an interesting phenomenon. And that's where I think we learned, you know, early on, it was supposed to be Keith and Keith's brother, Connor, that uh, they were going to run River Rock and I was going to keep my job. I had a, a really great government job that I loved. And so I was going to stay in my government job. But one of the things that we realized really early on was that the skill set needed to run River Rock was actually my skill set. Um, and maybe not the boys. So Keith, <laughs> he stayed in his job and Keith's our accountant. He's a finance guy by trade. And so Keith stayed in his job, still manages our accounting. And then I quit my government job and ran River Rock full time. But really at the impetus of all of it, because we had no desire uh, to work retail. We didn't understand retail, um, had no experience. But Keith and I, because my husband's a Marine, and he deployed three times. I worked for the Marine Corps in a, in a really, um, I worked for the Wounded Warrior Regiment and it was really mentally and emotionally taxing. And one of the things that he and I said was, you know, we've been married almost 20 years, but we barely spent any time together because he was either deployed or we were commuting. And so we saw each other at night and he and I came together and just said, you know, we've been dating since we were 16 years old. Um, wow we're best friends and super close and we've been through so much and we're like we don't want this lifestyle like we want to see each other we want to establish roots in a community like we actually want to call someplace home and and this is what we decided to do and what's amazing about it is yeah it's long hours and it's hard but I see them all the time now and we're both working on a dream together and it's been one of the best things I think for our marriage and certainly our friendship and and uh, we now feel like we have a home in front of you. Like a common goal, right? With we, do. we do, we um, do. And but then against uh, uh, with that too, you have a community now too, right? Yeah, that's, that's and Fredericksburg and Fredericksburg adopted us. I tell everybody like the best way to to like set roots in a community is to open up shop because you got to figure out a real way to become really involved in uh, your community and establish roots and. Fredericksburg's adopted us as their own, and I love to call Fredericksburg home. Where were you guys before? Remind me. So he and I are originally from Louisiana. We right. went to school in Arizona together, and then uh, we've lived all over the country. We moved 
um, our most recent move was from North Carolina to Virginia. And so, and how did you pick Fredericksburg or did you know it? Did you wait here before? Yeah, we had been in and out with his career. And so in 2002, we moved up here for about six months for training. And I actually, I worked at the Fredericksburg Area Museum. I worked oh, at right. the staff and I was a tour guide long before there was a market square or any of those things. And Keith and I, one time we were walking through a neighborhood um, in Fredericksburg and he and I looked at each other and I told him, I said, and this was right at the start of his Marine Corps career. So I was like, Keith, whenever you retire, I wanna come back here. Like, I wanna come back here and live in a neighborhood like this. Like I want to be in Fredericksburg. And, and really almost 20 years later, um, you know, that's exactly what we did. So. And I, th I think a lot of people love Fredericksburg. There's a lot of like retired military that do come back, right, for it. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's really awesome. Okay, so talk about, I mean, I think that's interesting that there was like such a long void. There's been 10 years before there was an Outfitters to come back into the space. Um, and I think because, you know, Fredericksburg has a lot of great amenities and great, you know, there's history, there's, you know, so talk about a little bit like when you were like, oh, you know, you're almost creating the industry here, creating that tourist attraction, right? So that's in itself, it's hard to open up a business, but doing then that in, included is a lot. So how did you interweave that or how did it must have been like a lot of work convincing people like, no, there's an outdoor recreation here and you could do those things, right? Um, yeah. I mean, I'm serious, Brian. Like if anybody wants to learn, uh, if a small business owner wants to learn everything not to do, they should really come to me because that's where I would excel <laughs> telling people about what not to do. But like our business plan, when we built River Rock, we built it for an advanced outdoor um, adventure. So we really, we thought through brands that were really technical, um, gear that was really technical because we really thought that there was a community here. And after about six years, uh, six years, uh, six months of operating River Rock, we learned super quickly that, wow, we were wrong. We didn't know how to do market research. We hadn't done it right. And there was not a community of outdoor enthusiasts here, not in the way that could support running a technical outfitter. So after that first six months, we quite literally, Brian, tore up our business plan, um, just shredded it and said, we've got to start all over. And we built River Rock around the idea of supporting the 101 level adventure those people who are just getting started in paddling and hiking and rock climbing, all the sports that we love, because we recognize that Fredericksburg didn't know that they had these things. I mean, you know, you would cross the river on 95 and you would see it, but for the most part, unless you were already like ingrained in canoeing or had known about Friends of the Rappahannock and these other guys for a while, you weren't really participating in outdoor recreation here. There weren't trail systems like we have now. Um, people didn't know how to access the river, if it was even safe to paddle. Nobody even knew about stand-up paddleboarding. So, I mean, like all of these sports, it was so new. So we rewrote our business plan and said, okay, we're going to concentrate on, you know, providing gear for that, that newbie adventure, but we're also going to add education into what we do. And we need to do workshops to teach people how to use camp stoves and filtration teach people on the river how to paddle, hiking, you know, hiking guides, get them, get people out enjoying the, the local trail systems and how to do that safely. 
So once we kind of married the, the retail piece with the education piece, we really started putting, you know, fuel was in our engine then, and we really started moving forward. And I think we started to find our footing and certainly our customer base um, based around that. So, I mean, it, it took us time to really kind of work out these kinks, um, you know, and luckily we had some financial resources since he and I both had government jobs prior that, you know, we could afford these very costly mistakes. <laughs> so that's, that's, why, that's why I tell business owners, let me tell you what not to do so that you don't spend a lot of money trying to correct your mistakes. But I mean, the thing is you were smart, A, because you had a plan, you pivoted. I think that mm -hmm. is the word for this Yes. Right. But you did that early on. You were nimble, you adapted, and then you figured out what you really needed to do for the, the market and, and your audience and things. Um, and I think it, it kind of paid out in spades because two things is I think outdoor is, you know, not trending, but it definitely grew from what it was before. But, you know, even like when you talk about stand-up paddleboard, it might have been more in California or Colorado, and then it just kind of moved more mainstream, which I think helps. But even in terms of retail, I mean, we talk about this or we've been to trainings and seeing that, that retail isn't just selling product anymore. It is experiential, mm -hmm. it is education, it is community. Um, so all of those things, if you didn't realize you had to do it, you know, you had to in this modern day, correct? Um, and I think you folded all of those in early on and knew the need for that too. That's exactly right. And that's the thing, like being a military spouse and being married to Marine, like we're used to change. We, you know, we, we never plant our feet. And that's one of my recommendations to business owners is one, don't have an ego about it. Like recognize when you're wrong and be willing to pivot and change. And then uh, two is don't plant your feet in the sand. I mean, it's, you've got to constantly be changing. Even if you've got a really good model that's seemingly successful, you know, that will get old quick. And so you've got to constantly figure out what's the new thing that your customer is looking for. Uh, what new thing can you add to your business to keep it fresh and new? And I think our, our, mili our military background certainly helped us to do that. But um, this community was also very supportive in allowing us that opportunity to find ourselves for sure. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk now, like flash forward, it's, it's February, March um, yeah. and COVID uh, is getting you did close down for a bit, right? For some time and that it was a hard decision too, right? But, um, but you, you did, or did you have reduced hours or? So I tell people that we never closed down, even though our doors were locked um, for a certain amount of time, we were always open. So we always, we maintained our hours. We always had employees in the shop because we offered curbside uh, pickup we offered um, other creative ways to sort of shop with us. And so we kept the business running and I, and I really attribute um, that to probably our success. Cause if we had walked away from it and not really concentrated early on, like, especially in April, you know, April was a really tough month for us. I think it was a tough month for everyone. Um, we were down by, you know, 60, 70%. We weren't quite sure if we had received PPP yet. 
Um, you know, having the doors closed certainly hurt. We had to close down our academy. But one of the things that Keith and I talked about within about 48 hours of, of knowing um, what was about to happen to the business, we said, whatever happens, we have to keep our employees employed. Like whatever it is that we have to do to make that happen, it's the only way we're going to survive. And so, you know, we talked to our employees early on about what they were comfortable with in terms of their own personal health and safety. And we came up with this plan as a team for how we could stay open and continue to do business. And what that allowed us to do is be really creative. We, we got a lot of our workshops online. We really pressed hard on our social media to show people that we were still out there and we were alive. I kept showing people over and over and over my staff, you know, they're still here. They're still with me. They're still working. You know, River Rock is still here all in preparation for that opportunity for when we could unlock our doors and, and invite customers back in. And I think kind of the second piece of that, that was sort of a hard decision for us was we really run two businesses. We want run retail, the, you know, River Rock Outfitter retail, but we also run an academy where, you know, we have a commercial operating license in Shenandoah. So we run all the hikes up there. We run paddling program here on the river. And so there was a question on whether or not we would open that piece of our business. And what we decided as a team was let's put a big bubble over River Rock Outfitter. Let's shut down the academy because that's where most of our risk is in terms of health and safety. Let's shut down the academy, put a bubble around River Rock and really focus on making our bread and butter sort of work. And I think those two things, keeping my staff employed and then putting the bubble around River Rock, we've had a, an exceptional year. I think so too, but also when, when people were kind of just at their homes, right? But then people knew, needed to live, right? They needed to go out. Um, and I think that's when people discovered, you know, you can go for walks, you can go on a kayak, you know? People learned a little bit more about COVID and, you know, what, would, what was safe. And so people started to come out a little bit more. And I think then if, you know, your, all this hard work that you did clicked in, even that you were addressing one-on-ones and newcomers, all of that was, here's your market. Here's new people that might have never gone out on the river before. Um, are buying kayaks now, right? Because they're like, I can go out, I could go out with my family or just myself and there's something to do um, because gyms were closed, you know, they're not going to work, they had more time. So I think people in Fredericksburg were just like, oh, well, we got this and now I have time to do it. So let's just do it, you know? They weren't eating out as much. So maybe they had extra money and stuff. So then you were just kind of there and you caught that wave, right? I totally agree. Yeah. And it's so cliche to say when one door closes, another one opens, but it's so true. And when, when you get that door closed on you, your ability to kind of not panic and be ready for when that next opportunity comes up. Um, you know, I, I think that we did that well as in addition to the fact that the outdoors just exploded. I mean, Brian, like you would go down to the river. It used to be you would cross over I-95 and you would look down at the river and you would see a bunch of rocks. <laughs> and then as the years have gone on, you know, you're seeing more people out there kayaking. But this summer was insane. It was just 
it's like Skittles on the river, just like populated with beautiful kayaks and stand-up paddleboarders. And it was bananas. The trail systems, they had to close down the trail systems because so many people are out there using them. So I think in a really good way, those messages that we've been promoting all along about health and wellness and getting outdoors, um, yeah, people have discovered that in COVID for sure. So when, when people started, you know, buy, were you like, we don't have enough stock or did you run into issues with that? Because, you know, it was hard to plan, you know, or to see where the trends were. Did you, did, were you like, oh my God, this is crazy. And then how did you keep up with that or keep up with demand? Yeah, you know, we found um, a new problem because it wasn't for lack of demand or customers, which we kind of thought was going to be the problem. <laughs> that was not the problem. The problem was I didn't have enough stuff for them to actually buy. What a weird scenario <laughs> to find ourselves in. So now all of a sudden as a business owner, I'm like, oh my God, here, I got to pivot my mind again to figure out how do I buy for this new customer base with this much demand? And, you know, one of the real challenges is, and, and I'm not sure if this is true in every industry, but in the outdoor industry, soft goods, so your clothes, are all made two seasons ahead. So while China and Vietnam and all the places where our soft goods are made, they were all shut down during the period where they were supposed to be producing for right now, um, you know, for the end of summer, fall season. And they were shut down and they weren't producing. So now all of a sudden our brands like Patagonia and North Face Outdoor Research, all of these guys had a really hard decision to make. They had to make a decision where do we wait to have this stuff um, made or do we just say, you know, forget it. Um, we're going to have to lose fall winter season in order to save our spring 2021 season because by the time they open back up, they would need 2021 stuff being produced. So most of our brands just said, to heck with it. Like we're going to lose an entire season. Well, now all of a sudden that gets trickled down to me, the independent small business, you know, owner who doesn't have a big back stock of inventory from last fall or winter, because I don't have the funds to hold on to that stuff for a whole year. So now I have nothing to pull out and my brands are saying, I'm so sorry, there's nothing to give you. It is like a really sort of wild scenario. And so we are, we're living that right now where most of our brands are pulling out any overstock that they had from previous seasons, rather than it being a really planned out process where you've done your buying, you've done your thinking through, our sales reps are emailing me. And this is where it's so important to have these relationships. So where these sales reps are emailing me say in April, 11 a.m. Patagonia, they're dropping their line. You better be there at 11 a.m. because you're competing against REI, you're competing against get your all these big guys, you better be on there and ready to buy because it, once it's gone, it's gone. So wow. you're sitting there at my little computer, my one storefront, River Rock Outfitter, REI has hundreds of buyers, you know, people who are trained professionals to do this. And I'm just waiting for that 11 a.m. And boom, I'm on there. And I'm just grabbing everything. Brian, you should see some of the stuff I have in the shop right now. We've been laughing. We have like bright lime green jackets and like fanny packs. We have like all these wild things because the staff's like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's what I can grab. I just grabbed anything. So it's, it's such a weird, um, crazy season, but through all of this, no matter what the customers stayed loyal, um, they understood they were patient and they've stayed loyal. And that's what I'm most appreciative of. 
I'm sure we, I, I just finished another interview and it really comes down to that a little bit, right? It's like customer loyalty and customer base. And of course it's COVID time. So people understand that it's not the typical supply chains or timing, you know? So I think people have a little bit more patience uh, with that, but I'm sure like, you know, this was nationwide, the trend that everybody went outdoors and that's, you know, people weren't able to buy bicycles, you know, because then families were like, I need to do something with my kid, right? So I think it, it just hit, and you were the industry that kind of wasn't hit hard, that then it was, it was actually might be good. Um, so talk about, so now, um, are you finding that it's equalized a little bit better or it's still disrupted in terms of supplies and things? I see empty shelves behind Yes. You. I was just about to say, I still can't get kayaks. <laughs> um, like our life vest vendor is, uh, you know, those guys are saying that we may not even have stuff for spring, that it might not be until midsummer. So, I mean, you know, I'm part of the outdoor industry association and obviously learn a lot through my trade industry. And, you know, we're saying it's going to be a disruptive 2021 and no one's expecting normalcy until 2022, just because of how these supply chains work. Because now, Brian, you know, all of these countries are shutting down again. So right. because of COVID spikes. So now we're having that struggle. And when you think about these manufacturing and with the rules and regulations where, you know, you have to be six to 10 feet apart. Well, these guys were on a factory lines, like basically right next to each other producing right boats and now they had to cut their workforces you know down by a fourth of what they normally have so they're i'm expecting that you know while we had this bump during summer that really kept us alive where river rock is looking to see some challenges is as we go through winter and certainly as we go through spring and summer seeing what is happening and if the outdoor industry can kind of recover from this that's what will be the interesting thing for us going into 2021 do you find that you're looking for other brands then? Are you just calling up everyone and just saying like, what do you have? Cause I'm here to like get something to fill the stores a little bit. Yeah, we are, you know, we're carrying things that, that wouldn't normally be in a traditional outfitter. You know, one of our missions has always been protect the places we play. So if I'm going to profit off of the river or the trails, you know, as my instructors make money, I really feel an obligation then that I got to protect those places. And so green um, has always been one of our mission spaces, but I've never really carried, um, you know, green specific sort of products. And so I've, I started to look into those types of products. You know, everybody's on fair right now. And if you're a small business owner, you know what fair is. And so, you know, I'm on the fair app every single night. It's a dangerous app. And I'm looking for brands in that green space where maybe it still goes with the outfitter mission it may not have been something I would have expanded into, but certainly it keeps cash flowing and, and uh, people interested in what I have, so. But also like, if you think about holiday, you know, not everyone's buying a kayak all the time, but they wanna come in, they love your store. They might buy like, you know, a bamboo straw or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Uh, just as stocking stuffers. And also I hope that this season people do shop local to support, you know, cause it's been a hard time, even though, you know, you were doing well, it, you you might have disruptions later or there might be a shutdown later. So I think even more so is we still need support, you know, um, you, like for our business, like people are stressed, you know, so we're, we're fine, but we're still down because we, we, we socially distance and 
their scheduling. We try to separate people. So things, you know, we're at reduced capacity too. Um, but yeah, it's funny. And I am on, unfair too, being like, oh, I want, I need stickers. And like, can you ship that right now? You know? <laughs> exactly right. Like Keith, I brought in these um, warmy shoes. It's these uh, like boots that you can warm up in the microwave. And uh, I brought them into the shop and Keith was in here the other day and he's like, what are warmies doing in my outfitter? I'm like, it makes perfect sense. Like people are out hiking, their feet are nice and sore. They want something warm on their feet when they get home. Makes great sense. <laughs> so, I mean, like, it's funny how I'm trying to find parallels just to be able to get my shop stocked with stuff. <laughs> and so what, okay, what about then the, the academy side or um, the outdoor? Are you, are you, did you restart any of that? Are you doing any um, of that? No, and that's the hard thing because that's the one place where people haven't understood our business decisions because so much of what people want right now are experiences. And I have no doubt that we could have blown that out of the water because people just want to be outside. But, you know, I, I go back to if I were, if I'm keeping my employees employed, then I want them to have a say in how we operate River Rock. And one of the things I was really concerned about is our academy, um, there's so many things, you know, like life fest and how do we keep those clean and sanitized for people, you know, getting, if we have to do rescues and having to be close to people, um, do we wear mask on trail? Do we not wear mask on trail? I mean, the mask rules are so confusing in terms of what is safe, like in the outdoors. And so there were just all these questions around, could I make sure I can keep my instructors and guides safe? Can I make sure that I can keep my customers and clients safe? And is it even worth it in the end to have all of that worry when I need to focus my efforts on saving and preserving River Rock? And I just really made that decision early on that um, I'm shutting it down and I shut it down for all of 2020 so that I just don't have to worry about it. And I think uh, we'll look back on this and certainly do Monday morning quarterbacking. I think that honestly, it was probably one of our better decisions because I would have been out of my mind, worried and stressed, and it would have taken my focus away from River Rock when River Rock really needed me the most. One thing we talked about, like when we were first talking about it, and I think it's interesting to bring up here is that when, you know, before COVID, there was just so much in terms of what we were doing as business owners, just because things were going so well that we added and we did this and we had this. And one thing that I think COVID did really well was just made us stop to think and then also let us pare down a little bit to trim back to the core of really what the business was. And like, I think for us, you know, I had all these other services or, you know, doing other events and things like that. But now that kind of like wiped that away so we can really focus on what we really do and also what really will pay the bills sometimes too. Um, and you just had a focus. And I think that was kind of nice. And I think you're expressing the same thing. Yeah. And don't you think you're a, a stronger business coming out of it? Like I feel stronger. I feel like I got like my social media is like right on point. Now all the work I was wanting to put into my marketing, I never had time for it. And I had time for now, you know, I'm finally on e-commerce, you know, I have an e-commerce platform, which was always a priority and I just never got it done. Um, you know, consignment in the shop and bringing in consignment items. And that's certainly given us some inventory to sell. So 
I feel like I'm stronger because I was able to focus and really hone in on River Rock and not all of these extra things that were certainly fun. Um, we all love to do all the <laughs> things. Um, but I, once I got rid of that and I focused in on some of the things that aren't necessarily fun, but they feel really good to get done. Um, I think we're going to be stronger moving out from here because we have this time. I want to break up a little bit about that because there's so many good parts that I want to talk about that. So your online store, did you have it before COVID? You did. So you just kind of like did the same thing like a lot of businesses did, like we did too, was just like, we got to launch it and get it out, right? Oh. So And it was always on my plate, but it just got pushed up, you know, at that point. Um, how, how do you feel like it's doing now? Do you feel like there was a big push? Has it slowed down a little bit? Do you feel like it's integrated with the business or separate? Like, just talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so um, there are so many people in the online space in the outdoor industry that I've always known I'm not going to compete with them. People are always going to go to REI or Backcountry or Moose Jaw or the brands themselves who compete against us. So for me, what has been really great is that um, the marketing push, it has given me such great SEO. So now when I go into Google, we are popping up right on top. And in fact, a there are some categories where I'm popping up higher than REI in Woodbridge right. now. And I, the only reason why that's happening is because we actually have placement now online with our merchandise. With the product. And, and so um, e-commerce has provided us that ability, which, you know, I had underestimated, I think, prior to this. So I would say people should just get their products online if for no other reason it gets you um, better search uh, opportunities uh, on Google. I find also, I find that too, but I also find that it is just one avenue to address a client, you know, like maybe they didn't buy something when they were here, but they thought about it. They could just go online, then they could get it. It's mailed to them or, you know, for us, it's skincare. So if they want to repurchase it, they don't have to like get in their car, come back and see us. Like they could just reorder it. Uh, and it's, it's more convenient, like not that I'm thinking that I'm going to compete with like the Sephora's or, you know, even the brands, but I think like if you have that loyal clientele um, and it's just, it's just an easier way to, you know, assist them, um, then it's a, it, that's a great tool to have anyway, you know. I talk about your consignment because I love that idea. Did you always have that idea before and did you bring it up now? Like, was it always like on the checklist? Do you find that other businesses are doing it? How did that come about? Yeah, so when we pivoted to that 101 adventure, it was at that moment that I said, hey, look, this 101 adventure might not always be able to afford a new Osprey backpack. You know, these are college students. These are guys who are just wanting to test the gear. And I said, we should always have a consignment portion to our business. But River Rock on Sophia Street was always, um, space was always an issue. So I, I couldn't quite figure out where would it go? Like, how would I merchandise that? Then once we had access the, to the entire second floor on Sophia Street, the goal was that that was going to be consignment. But then just life got in the way. Um, you know, the academy, I became the sole paddling instructor. And so between paddling instruction, between River Rock, between the chaos of moving, like it just kept moving back to the back burner. But it was always one of my dreams. And I knew that we needed to do it. I knew we needed to do it, one, because our audience wanted it and the people we claimed to support needed it. 
But I also knew that it, it went well with our green mission statement because it, what better way to recycle than to participate in some sort of consignment program? Well, um, COVID, <laughs> there's so many, so many growth things that have come out of COVID, but because we were forced to make some really quick decisions, this was one of the ones that rose to the top. And we decided, hey, look, if inventory is gonna be a challenge, then there's space in the shop now. There's no better time to actually start doing um, consignment. And Brian, like we've, we've marketed it um, certainly, but we haven't done like a massive push on it because we're still trying to learn the processes because there's so much that goes into it, cleaning it and checking it and, you know. Um, and so uh, in the last three months, we've sold over a hundred pieces of gear with more than $8,000 going back into the pockets of the consigners. I mean, that's significant uh, yeah. in such a short period of time. Uh, for a new program for us. So we know that it's a hit. I'm excited to continue to expand it. I'm excited to figure out how to get it, you know, cool ways to get consignment in people's hands. You know, we're, we're already trying to think through if there's a, I don't know, are you familiar with ThreadUp? Do you sell yeah, any yeah. ThreadUp? So I love ThreadUp. I, I get rid of a lot of stuff in my closet from my old working days um, and make some money. But I'm, I'm trying to think through, like, there is no outdoor industry version of ThreadUp. So it's like, gosh, that would be a cool way to expand, you know? And so now we're sort of inching into the world of app development or website. So it's just, it's led to so many fun things for us to think about in terms of next expansion opportunities. I love that. I mean, it makes sense. And you think that some retailers won't do that because they feel like it's going to cut from buying something new, but in a sense, it makes total sense because once you you, you get that person to try on this backpack, they love it, then they, they're going to want to buy their own. And it's just growing the customer and seeing the customer where they're at. But it is green, it is environmental, uh, it's sustainable. And, you know, there could be a hobbyist or they trade it up and now they could do it. And then they could buy new stuff with what they're getting from consignment. Exactly. Uh, did you have to use a new programming for, to track consignment or are you doing it manually? So one of, one of the things we did right when we opened up River Rock, <laughs> so we did do one thing right, and that was we chose a very robust point of sale system. And uh, it's, it's a really aggressive system that we didn't understand all the benefits early on. But as we learn it, we realize a lot of these things were already built in. And so the good news is that we could just build consignment already into our existing POS system. But that's where we kind of want to move to that next level that would require maybe some sort of separate management tool, um, you know, for, for both on our side and on the consigner side to be able to, um, uh, you know, access it to figure out how to consign their items, you know, kind of moving into more of a shipping option so that people can go on like thread up. You can, as a, you can be a consigner on ThreadUp, but you can also buy through ThreadUp. Right. And um, having that option in a nice, easy package, I think is really the next step if we want to grow that as a real um, segment of River Rock. That's awesome. All right, I'm going to do a little switch though too, because I know we talked about you closing the academy, but I feel like you do a lot of education still. And you're, you know, I think River Safety and, you know, you're talking about one-on-ones and a lot of, you know, new people coming onto the river. And I know you, you are an advocate and you work a lot with Friends of the Rappahannock, but you are also like an ambassador, right, to 
to kind of tell people that, you know, although the river is fun, it can be dangerous as well. And you're doing a lot of messaging through, through your channels of that. Can you talk about that and the importance of that? Because, you know, as COVID, there's probably a lot more people getting outdoors and you want them to be safe. So that is part of your mission and your, your business. Um, so just talk about that a little bit more for people. Yeah, it's a major part of our mission. And, you know, um, a lot of people don't know the story, but the the um, very first Rock the River, um, an event that River Rock and our partners put on every summer, the night before I was out on the field by myself setting up um, all the little flags for where vendors were gonna set up their tents. And I heard some screaming on the river and I went running down there and there was a group of um, Spanish speaking gentlemen and I don't speak Spanish and I couldn't understand what they were saying. And one of them was in the water and struggling. And I finally kind of figured out that I, uh, what I thought they were telling me was that there was somebody under the water. And I didn't have my life vest. I didn't have any safety equipment or gear. And so I immediately just called uh, rescue personnel and rescue personnel came and sure enough, someone had drowned right where I was standing. And they were, you know, they were trying to say that somebody was under there, but they couldn't swim. I couldn't understand what they were saying. And the rescue personnel, it was already too late by the time that I had gotten there. And certainly by the time that they had gotten there. And Brian, that really affected me because that was, that was right in the night before Rock the River, which was something that was supposed to be so positive, such like a great celebration of the river. And to have that as sort of the night before, it affected me in a really big way and it still sits with me to today. So at that moment, I said, whatever platform I have available to me as a River Rock owner, I'm gonna use to help kind of tell the story about the river and what makes it fun and why you should access it and enjoy it but what also those unique sort of dangerous bits and pieces to it. And I got my ACA certification um, at Powling instructor that same year so that I could actually get out and start training people. And that's become a big part of our mission. And you know, this summer, after we had those two deaths at City Docks, because we hadn't experienced river deaths on the title section from Powlers, it was always in those, um, you know, whitewater sections upstream that are everyone thinks is the dangerous section. So we never had it down here. And Brian, once again, I found myself in a position where I was taking it really personally because I feel like that's where I launch from. It's where we rent kayaks from. So it's, it's not that I own city docks, but I just feel like River Rock has this ownership of that section of river. And, and it felt really personal to me, the fact that I wasn't out there conducting classes and doing rentals this year and sort of while we were taking a break and a step back, we had these losses. So I've been working with an amazing team from ACA, Friends of the Rappahannock, the Stafford Swiftwater Rescue, Fredericksburg Police Department. And we are all putting together a plan right now. In fact, Main Street agreed to fund us. Um, we've gotten other donations from other community members to um, kind of relook at our section of the river and think through what more can we do? Is there additional signage that we can put up to make this easier? Is there one place, can we develop a website or a Facebook page, that kind of one place where people can go to see what water levels are like and if it's safe to access the river? Because there's no, all of us are doing our own things, but right. there's no like one spot. 
And so um, we're actually working that right now and really excited about some spring projects that we're gonna launch right before the paddling season to really do a better job, I think, of educating our community about this amazing resource and the importance of quite quite simply wearing a life vest. That's, that, I mean, that's amazing. And it's like, again, in itself, like so hard because not only are you just trying to be a business, you're also now protecting and advocating and, and trying to keep people safe and working with government unit, like, you know, and different units. And that's just a lot of time, you know, um, but, and, and you're doing it, but that's amazing um, and well needed. And probably people didn't realize that too. And, you know, I think it's hard because it is just the trends different, you know, people are getting out there that they never did before and they might be more by themselves because there might not be patrols and things like that. But well, so I'm looking forward to that. And that's great. That's a great endeavor. And it's just like a community service that is that you're just taking your time to volunteer with and stuff. So, and I'm glad that basically is, is funding that as well too. Yes. So talk about a little bit now about Small Business Saturdays and the holidays, what you're kind of thinking that might be, you know, in the works in your brain that you, you know, want to share with people. Yeah, it's so wild this season, isn't it? Because we already have, you know, <laughs> one of, it's, if people understood how complicated it was for us to pick our tissue paper every year, they would just die. Like it's such an ordeal for me to choose my tissue paper. And like this year I got the whole staff involved, like which tissue paper do you want? And I always buy it and then I hide it and I pull it out like holiday open house weekend. Right. And it's like a really big deal. I even teach my staff, ask any one of them and they'll tell you, I teach them exactly how I want the bag wrapped like how to flip that tissue paper just perfect in the bag. And we go through this whole training. Well, one of my staff members I, on my day off sent me a text and said, April, I'm so sorry. I had to pull out the Christmas tissue paper because one of our customers was buying Christmas presents because <laughs> she knows that I normally launch it on a very particular date. So that just is proof. Like this year, it's just starting so much earlier. And so we've already started to kind of put little bits of um, the holidays in the shop just to get people in the mood. We're starting to talk about the holidays. And so what I'm really hoping is that we can spread it over the full holiday period without these kind of massive rushes on Black Friday or Small Business Saturday. We're also talking to people about the issues with inventory because our brands are talking to us about issues with inventory and we're telling people shop early because we just don't know what December is gonna bring. And, and typically people love to special order through us because we may not have the right size or color that they're looking for, but they wanna support River Rock. So they'll ask me for a particular Patagonia jacket and I'll purchase it for them. And this year that's gonna be really hard to do because there's just, the inventory is just not there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like we're all gonna struggle with that. And so, um, you know, pumping up our days, we're gonna do a, um, I don't wanna set myself up for failure here, Brian. So if anybody watches this, um, I am gonna do a holiday window. Window displays really stress me out. I'm not good at it. Um, but I'm gonna do a really funny one that I really think I'm gonna be competing with Bob Woodingham. I, I know that's, I know I'm setting myself up for failure here, but Brian, it's, it's so funny. I think it's gonna be the best window display. I'm super excited about it. So if I can pull it off and if anybody's watching this, we're gonna to have to come see our windows because- I can't wait to see now because that is ambitious. <laughs> I don't even think I have that ambition because I'm like, Bob, you do Bob and like, I don't, 
I, I, I do windows, but like, you know, not that much and stuff, but like, yeah. Oh, okay. So it's it, eight. So now I'm going to come to see your window and your tissue paper. Yes. Good point to shop early and buy what you really need, because if you're going to wait till, you know, Christmas Eve, you're going to have empty shelves. Uh, which people aren't expecting. So I think that's really awesome tips <laughs> and to talk about. Um, tell me what you guys are planning for 2021. Um, any thoughts on there besides like your consignment app? Yeah, the consignment's a really big piece of it. You know, um, we're talking with uh, Chris Muldrow who helps us with Ramble Type with our website. And we're talking to him about a build out on our website that really helps people find the outdoor resources in Fredericksburg. You know, we talk a lot about them and one of my staff like recognize that people come to the shop all the time and say, hey, where should I go paddle or where should I go hiking? And we pull out like the closest little sticky note or scrap piece of paper and we write down our favorite paddling sites. And one of my staff members said, why do we keep writing it down on a post-it? Like we should develop something simple that people can access that introduces them to these favorite spots. And um, lots of people are in this space, so I'm not looking to um, create anything crazy. It's really more of a Fredericksburg regional focus on um, if you want to hike and if you want to paddle, here are kind of the access points. And from an expert opinion, so we've got Migana talking about these places and we've got Lawton talking about these places, why they love to go camp there, why they love to hike there, things you can consider like, my mine is talking about access points on the river. And you know, when I talk about city docks, I always tell people there is one really nasty portage on. So if you need to pee, pee before you get to city docks. And that's like one of those tips you wish somebody told you. So like our website, we're gonna have, you know, really like common sense sort of, um, you know, our tips for people when they wanna go access those spots. So, you know, and one of the reasons we're doing that is we don't know what our academy is gonna look like next year. We might be shut down another year, who knows? And so in prep for that, we wanna give people a resource that even if we're not out there with you, um, we can be with you through this website, providing you access and safety tips for um, how to get out and enjoy the outdoors. So it's kind of our solution um, to parallel with our academy, but certainly stand alone if we uh, don't open our academy next year. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I, I think, I'm, you know, like, even though you're not doing that, you're, I think there's something in place to do that you are doing to get the resources out, get the information out. But th I think that's really cool because it is one stop. You could just say, oh, here's the website. We list it here. And then they can always refer back to it. And it's, it's something you can always update too. So that's something awesome to look forward to. And it is a big undertaking too, you know, to kind of create that too. So um, awesome. Okay, well, I feel like we could chat for like another hour and we might have to do a second episode to talk more. Uh, but I love this and it's always good talking to you as a fellow business owner. You do so much for the community. It's amazing to see that you have built this industry back up. You know, it probably was there before, but it wasn't in the forefront, but you pushed it there. Uh, so kudos to you. Thank um, you, Brian. This is an amazing thing you're doing for downtown and I really appreciate it. It inspires me and I hope it inspires others, but I hope it inspires consumers to get out there and to support, you know, that's what we really do need. And we put a brave face to it, but we are doing a lot behind the scenes to, to kind of keep something, keep some normal, like, you know, normal 
day-to-day going, you know, but we do need the help and we do need the support, you know. Um, yeah, but this is always awesome. And thanks for the time. Say hi to Keith. Next time maybe we'll get Keith. Uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that would be fun. <laughs> great, great. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thanks. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Behind the Register. I'm your host, Brian Lamb, and this episode was produced by Haley Harkins. Special thanks to Fredericksburg, Virginia Main Street for hosting our episode. We hope you enjoyed knowing a bit more about your local small business. Please support your local business for Small Business Saturday and this upcoming holiday season. If you like what you heard, support us. Share, comment, and give us a like. We'll catch you next time as we go Behind the Register.